I should have remembered because one thing that you've talked about, we've talked about the unit that you have with your yeah. your husband, but mm-hmm. you've also talked about this community you formed. So like the community is actually it supports each other, it raises each other. And then this person might be like, I know this person that might be interested in X thing. So I think it makes sense why that works. But I'm curious now when it comes to events, like just setting up a birthday is a big thing, but you you know, you're talking about thematic events. That's like uh, a lot of involved. How do you go about it? Um, okay, so you mean like just just from a pra- practical standpoint, how do I plan things? Exactly, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. like yeah, I mean, holy smoke! Even yeah. if it's more than five people, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say that's right. It, you know, it's it's very hard to corral people. I always say it's like herding kittens. You know, yes, <laughs> not not easy. Um, and so it depends on the nature of the scene. You know, if it's just one person who's coming over to worship me, right, one boy, um, fairly easy. If you're trying to put together a group of two or three, it gets harder. If you're trying to have like a small scene with a woman and, and other sort of, let's say she wants to bottom to a number of men, for example, like a scene like that, all the way up to really large, like I said, some of the bigger parties are about 50 people. Um, I also travel and I go to London and I travel to California and Boston, um, DC, a number of other places. And so I've built networks there locally. So FetLife is a place where I do that, that kind of community build. And um, I do have a, um, a playmate and a friend who is um, supports me. He has access to my profile. So he does all of the he reads everything that comes through the inbox. Um, mm. You know, we we, we we obviously delete most of what comes in, but the people that are <laughs> we keep. Um, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> he well, I, I mean, you'd be surprised. I think I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually really lucky that I don't get a whole lot of people who are not like you know yeah. people do, don't write to me from other other cities and countries that often, or people oh, who are okay. not a good match because I think I have a very because the profile is so intimidating now. Uh, people mm. generally stay away unless they kind of, you know, think that there's a chance that there might be an interest and then they find that alignment. They reach out about that. They say, I see that you often travel to Boston. I'm in Boston. Like, so there's at least some connection, right? Mm. So anyway, my, my friend who is, um, you know, my, he's, he's a service submissive, right? For me on, on FET will log in and he will go through the inbox and he basically logs um, everybody like, you know, it's anonymous clearly, mm-hmm. but We'll, we'll kind of log um, some information in a spreadsheet, right? Mm. And then what we do is when I'm looking for something, we're able to pull out the right names. And so it's not like, uh. right. So for example, I'll say to him, hey, I'm going to be traveling to California in, in a month. Can you give me the top names of people in California? And so he'll send me 25 names that I, you know, like with characteristics that he knows I like, you know, in terms mm. of age or experience or whatever. And we can kind of sort those people by by type. You know, is it a submissive? Is it somebody who's, you know, more of a top? Um, you know, like, what are they open to? Are they bi-flexible? Like, so you have different characteristics. And so I can look at, and, and, and he will help me reach out to, um, you know, those 25 people. And then we'll start to winnow down, okay, in my I have two nights in California, so I'm, I'm there working, but then at night I have time. Or I'm, you know, Washington, D.C., I'm for a couple of nights. Like, what do I want to do? Who do mm. I want to play with? And then here locally, in terms of parties, you know, I post the event on FetLife. I usually build my events around women, which is really important. So the bigger events are built around female fantasy. So it's like the women that I know, 
uh, will say, this is what I want to do. This is the kind of fun that I want to have. And then we'll kind of build the only men who are invited to the event are invited specifically for the woman. So she's, oh. she's right. So I'm, I'm pairing people. I'm partnering. So actually I'm in the process of doing this right now um, for an event that is a game show night. So it's playing different game shows like Jeopardy or, you know, like different, different, you know, uh, Price is Right, um, Trivial Pursuit, like different games. Mm. And so each woman of about a dozen women is hosting a game. And she's going to have three contestants in the game. And so the men who are invited have, are going to be chosen by the woman to be her contestants. And that's, ah. that's, that's why they're coming. And then the game, obviously the games are, are you know, kink oriented. So we're, we're building a glory hole wall. Um, so it's like a temporary wall with holes cut in for a glory hole. And if you're a contestant, you have to put your dick through the glory hole. Mm. And as you're playing the game, your dick is in the glory hole so you can get punished or rewarded depending on how you perform in the game. Um, in the summer, this past summer, we did another one that was a, a, a Roman Colosseum. And so the men who came were gladiators in the arena and they had to, you know, basically do trials, like gladiator competitions. Oh. <laughs> um, and the one before that was a circus. So we had groups of people, like a woman and then partners for her, um, who were performing acts in a circus. Um, so right. different, you know, like, um, you know, like um, acrobatics, you know, musical acts, like different mm. acts. So that's how we build the events is, you know, we build around a woman that I know that I, I want to, you know, I want to create something for her. And then mm. the only men who are invited are men who are vetted um, and men who specifically are matched for her, what she's looking for, the kind of men she's looking for um, mm. to, to do the activity effectively that she wants to do. Yeah. Oh, man, that's cool. Um, you were talking about the Roman, uh, the gladiators and I, I, there's a move, there's a show. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called Rome. Yes. And yeah, I love the show, but um, there's a name that keeps coming up, Domina, and they use it in the show. Like, is that from like the gladiator thing or how did the name come about? Yes, it definitely is. So um, there was a, an older show. Um, I think it was, um, my goodness, it was a show about gladiators. Um, was it? Spartacus. Was it Spartacus, that's what it was. Yes. yes. So Spart Spartacus was the original show. And there was obviously a Dominus and a Domina who had a number of gladiators, right? They had a, a big like homestead, right? right? A big, and they had the own these people. And so I, I like the idea of that name much more than I like. I mean, goddess, I find to be kind of silly. Why? Um, <laughs> and, um, and very overused. Yeah, goddess is very overused. So basically, a, lo a lot of women will come on the FET platform, they'll post a few, a new, few nude photos, and they'll say, I'm a goddess, you should worship me, um, send me, send me your money, um, you know, empty your wallet. And I just, I mean, I find it, like, clearly not everybody is a goddess. So you have to back that up. If you're a, go if you're a goddess, there has to be some reason why you should be worshipped, right? Right. And then, um, <laughs> so I find it really meaningless. And then mistress, I don't like the word mistress because it reminds me of, like, if somebody has a wife and yeah. a mistress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't like that. But but do domina and dominus, the idea of a, of a domina or dominus, they're like landowners. They own yeah. an estate. And then they own slaves and servants and gladiators, mm. but they own those people in a way, I mean, clearly they own them, but 
they're trying to improve the estate. They're trying to take care of the people. You're, you're owning them in a way that is responsible. Um, you, you're not trying to hurt who you own. You're trying to, to grow your own wealth, right? And so, like, there's a responsibility, I think, that comes with that sort of ownership where you're, you're trying to treat these people in a way that's going to improve them over time. Mm. And so I think of domina as like a very responsible domination or kind of responsible ownership mm-hmm. where you're, it's in the interest of the people that you own because it's in your interest for them to be better, for them to be better gladiators, for them to be sort of better, um, you know, um, servants, right? And and so you're thinking long-term. It's a very long-term um, kind of responsible, um, you know, approach, I think, um, to that idea of, of like I said, you're, you're, I think about the way I practice kink in a scene, and I think about the people in the scene, and I'm trying to make those people happy. I'm trying to give them a great memory, a great experience. Obviously, I'm thinking about myself and my own pleasure, but I'm also thinking about them. So if I walk into a scene that has six people in it, and sometimes I do build something with six people, I'm walking in and I'm thinking about each of those people has told me their limits. They've told me their interests. They've told me their deepest kind of fantasy. And I'm trying to create a two hour period where each of those six people, myself included, is going to get to experience these moments that are just for them. And then it comes, it's like symbiotic. So for example, if like one of the people on the scene says, you know, I've had this this fantasy of being spit roasted, right? Like used from both ends at once, right? And another person in the scene has a cucking fantasy where he wants to do come clean up, right? I'm trying to build that together, right? So mm. then the woman gets the spit roast and then the cuck is available for cleanup. And, and I'm moving these parts like sort of puzzles, like pieces in a puzzle to try to match them up together in a way that gives each of them what they really wanted when they walk away from the scene, right? Yeah. And so that kind of ownership of all the people, all the bodies in the room, I'm owning them temporarily, I'm moving them around, I'm telling them how to kind of, um, how to, to interact with each other, but I'm doing it because I'm thinking about what they've all shared with me is their fantasy and what they want to walk away with. And, and the trick is to try to get it done for everybody at the same time, that kind of mm. symbiosis. And that's why I choose the people who enter a scene together. When I'm building something, I'm thinking about how are they going to fit. And that's what yeah. I think my, my playmates appreciate at the big parties, at the smaller scenes, is that I'm trying to always kind of match them um, in a way that's going to maximize the overall experience for everybody. Wow. So, um, you know, I have a film background and the more you say it, it's like you're both the writer and the producer and the director at the same time. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a lot of work. How do you manage it, though? Yeah, I mean, I think there's obviously it's cathartic and exciting. So Ah. if you if you love what you do, you work harder at it. Yes, yes, And I yes. find that true in my career, my professional career as well, where I, I work very hard, but I love what I do. And of course, I love my family. So in all the realms of my life, because I love what I do, I'm, I'm willing to work harder. But I will say, like I said, you know, from a, the perspective of my work, my career, I mean, I'm, I'm in the sort of not latter stages, but I'm obviously very established in my career. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot of flexibility. I have a lot of staff. Um, and so I'm able to delegate. And then in my personal life, again, Mr. C stays home with our family, and we have a lot of family support. And so we, again, there's a delegation that happens there. 
And then mm. for kink, it's the same thing. There's a delegation that happens. I do, like I said, have someone who helps me out, organize, you know, mm. um, some of this so that I don't have to do all of that. Um, and then there's lots of people who are willing to pitch in. We, we recently had an event that was potluck style, you know, it was like people brought food for the dinner and oh, wow. we, we had we, weeks worth of food afterwards because everybody really kind of leaned Holy in. Holy shit. Right. Everybody, <laughs> okay. everybody really leaned in. They really wanted to, to participate. And it's the same, I think, for the kink side, you know, where if I'm inviting people, um, given the community we've built, people are really coming, um, you know, with a desire to give of themselves. It's like a service mindset. So even the people who are, like, certainly the people who are submissive are coming to serve. But even the people who are not submissive are coming to serve others. So if I have a, a, like a male who's a bull, right? He's a bull, he's a top, he's hung, he's not submissive at all. And I've said, look, you're coming because I have a woman who has a gangbang fantasy and you're going to be one of those people. You know, I'm inviting the people who are coming with a service mindset. I'm here because I want to make this person's fantasy a reality. Mm-hmm. I want to make it good for this person. I want to help Domina because she's doing this, right? And so it's the people who are connected to me in that way, right? Mm. Who who want who want to to perform for me, to do right, to kind of help the community in that way. Mm-hmm. And so that's I think where, you know, again, that that um you know, delegation sort of takes place. It's not just me who cares about these things working out. It's sort of the other people involved who now come to care as well. Mm-hmm. Again, that kind of network of women's been really valuable. Um, and then having having some some of my submissives um, who are assisting me um, is also really valuable. Wow. Wow, that's so cool. That's actually really cool. <laughs> um, one, one thing that comes to mind is, you have to have a there's got to be a secret of some kind or or tips you have where you make people comfortable enough to not just share i guess their bodies but also share their minds you know like like they are deep deep secret things that you know you just don't blot out what would you say makes it comfortable for people to share that much with you I mean, it's it's hard um, to put my finger on it, but I know that it's just a real thing about me. So when I was 10, 11 years old is when I first figured out that I had a type of, I guess, power, right, where people trusted me to lead them. Um, I'm, you know, I think you can call it a negative thing and a positive thing. I think when I was a kid, there were some parents, you know, of other children who would sort of say that I'm an instigator, Right. Because you're like an instigator, somebody who obviously, you know, can can make other people do stuff. And is that stuff good or bad for those people? And so you can instigate something that's negative. Mm. And so over time, you you learn to control that. Right. You learn to um, to use it for good and not evil. <laughs> um, mm. But when I was a kid, I probably I mean, I know for a fact that I didn't always control it in a good way. And sometimes I instigated to situations that were not positive for people, both sexual and non-sexual. Um, but just sort of like, hey, let's take this 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 risk, you know, of sneaking out at night or doing something right, like that we shouldn't be doing. But mm. the, being the leader, right, being someone that people follow, I think mm. is um is just a personality type. I think it's um because I'm very self controlled, because I'm very confident, I'm very calm, I'm very kind of together. I think a lot of people anchor to that, and that's mm. everywhere in my life. That's my personal life, my professional life, and my kink life. People anchor to to someone who is very put together, very calm, very authoritative, right? Mm, mm. I think you have to add to that 
um, you know, you can be authoritative, but you have to add care or like, uh, like I, I want to say benevolence, but people need to know that you can be trusted and that you care about them. And so I talk about, for example, like, you know, aftercare in a scene, but I talk about like before care and during care and aftercare. And mm. then we talk about like safe words. And part of it is I don't mind a safe word, but but it's almost like we never have to get to a safe word because I'm always checking in with people. I'm continually making sure that they're okay. And I think it sort of begins in the first conversation. I mean, I have all this content on fat. People can read all of my writings, my articles, the way I kind of, you know, position all this. I have a piece that talks about my philosophy of domination, which I, I've just kind of articulated to you, is about caring for people, mm. about helping them with a fantasy, right? And of course, you're also using people for your own fantasy, but mm. how you balance those things, like, and you make them feel used, but not taken advantage of, and you make them feel like a, a toy or a prop but in a way that they want instead of sort of dehumanizing them. Although mm -hmm. some people obviously want to be dehumanized and you have to work that very carefully. Like there's mm. some dehumanization or humiliation. Those are fantasies too. And I can do those as, as far as I can understand w w what the person wants, why they want it, how I can do it safely, carefully, not cross the line. Right. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. things like the things that are quite extreme, like, race play or you know extreme pain or um toilet play right like humiliation i can do a lot of those things as i said if i'm sort of if i understand the parameters and i can do that carefully and with respect so i think respect for people regardless of what you're doing to them the kind of fundamental respect you have for them as people is really important so look you're experiencing it now as we're talking to one another and you're getting to know me better mm -hmm. this is how it works people hear who i am whether they talk to me or they read my stuff they interact mm -hmm. with me and they come to a decision that i'm someone that they trust to respect them to take care of them and to also help facilitate the fantasy they're looking for in a way that is safe there's a reason that a lot of women obviously kind of come to me because women just generally it's, it's more dangerous for women to explore these things, right? Yeah. There's more risk for them. Yeah. And so they'll come to me because I've already established a vetted network and, and I'm someone that they feel they can trust. Mm. And then I would say the same thing about young people, young, young males, right? Who are exper experimenting for the first time or looking for that kind of mommy energy, mm -hmm. you know, someone who is like trustworthy and, and someone that they, they, you know, can follow, but, but someone who's not going to take advantage of them. And obviously on FetLife, there's a lot of, unfortunately, taking advantage, right? There's a lot of scams and a lot of, you know, people just out for money or just out for whatever. And so you have to, you know, you distinguish yourself that way. So like I said, I think it works. I think people trust me because of who I am. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no shortcut, you know, I think people come around to, to seeing me this way based on their interaction with me and if somebody doesn't trust me in this way then they certainly don't need to play with me right i'm always very clear about that that if i'm not the the dominant that you have this kind of trusting feeling towards then i you, you shouldn't be playing with me um that's how I mean, you choose you're, you're, i think you're dominant right yeah your card is full so <laughs> i don't think you yeah. you'll be like oh, okay i need space no 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 your card is full. Um, you, you mentioned something earlier about, uh, you know, like you have these estates and, you you know, have these gladiators walking and all that stuff. And it just made me think, I mean, you are not at the tail end of your career, but you have this career that is blossoming. And I'm curious, what is the long-term plan? 
Like, is it a long-term plan? Is it just, you know, keep things as they are? Yeah. I mean, I like things as they are, to be quite honest. I do a couple of bigger parties every year, just maybe two or three. That's about as much as I have kind of bandwidth for. As my kids get older, obviously, I have kind of less responsibilities there. So I have kind of more time for, quote, hobbies, you know. Um, like in the summertime, they go to sleepaway camp. So in the summertime, we have a lot of flexibility. Obviously, when they were very young, they didn't used to go to sleepaway camp. So that's very different. Uh, so as you know, at some point, Mr. C and I will be empty nesters. So that'll be a completely different experience. Um, but I like things the way they are. I think I have kind of a, a schedule, not a schedule, but maybe a couple times a week I do something. Just a couple mm. times a week, right? Like could be very small scale. Could just be one person who comes by when I'm working from home, one of my regular sort of submissives, or you know maybe something a little bit larger. And then a couple of times a year I do something, you know, something bigger. Mm. Um, I would say. Um, you know, in terms of long-term planning, I don't because I don't think about kink as a as a financial source. Um, I don't think about monetization. I think about it as sort of fun and experiential and social and community. I haven't really given a whole lot of thought to kind of supporting myself with kink. Um, oh. I've obviously worked really hard to be where I am professionally, right? I've had many years of education, higher education, and, and have, you know, 20 plus years of, of my career. And I'm going to continue that for some time. And I love what I do, actually. My, I'm not going to talk about it, but my profession is something that I really, really love. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think at some stage, you, you move into another phase of your life where you've, you know, paid for your mortgage, and you've put your kids through college, and you can retire in a sense, right? But I don't really mm. want to be retired in a full way. Like, I would never want to do nothing. Um, <laughs> you know, like read books and, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I'd like to travel more. But but the, the point is, I think that I could incorporate some of the things that I really love, some of my passions, yeah. into kind of a post-career career. And obviously, I'm a writer. So I would love to write about kink um, mm. in a way that I wouldn't be able to now because I want to keep my anonymity. Yeah. Um, I would love to maybe teach, you know, in a way, again, that I, I can't formally do now because I'm not looking to, you know, for it to be a, a revenue source at mm -hmm. the moment. Um, so there's sort of things that I think about, like a future where I don't have a professional career anymore and I'm sort of free because I'm older um, and my kids are older, they're adults, so there's like no concern about kind of, well, they'd be embarrassed or whatever, like, you know, if they're adults, they have their own lives, then I would have more flexibility to say, you know, what are my passions? And obviously, kink is one of them, there's other things that I'm passionate about. And how do I incorporate some of those passions into, again, like, what's the idea of a post career career, where you just want to be active as a person, and you want to do things that excite you. And yes, you can make some money off of them, but it's not because you really, I mean, you know, it's like you establish that you have a retirement plan already. <laughs> and, mm. and this is just kind of bonus, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. This is a wonderful conversation. I'm like, I'm learning <laughs> so you. much. It's so enlightening and I'm having a wonderful time, but I also have to respect <laughs> your time. So I <laughs> sure. guess um, I have to let you go, but I need to also ask this last question. Um, someone is listening to this episode and they're like, huh, you know, um, I, 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 I like what she's doing. I might, I might want to build towards that. What kind of advice would you share? Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I obviously it's been built very organically and it's something that really like feeds me. 
Um, I mean, I do it because it's energizing. It's exciting to host a big event and, and see a lot of people enjoy themselves and have fun and kind of create these memories. So, so those are exhausting, the big events, but a couple times a year, it's worth it because it's really, it's very exciting for me. Um, the smaller play kind of during like a normal, like the week, right? During the normal mm. week is, um, is not exhausting. Um, it's again, it's like very, it's a great kind of escape, I think from the, the regular responsibilities of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, building something at the scale that I built over the years, I mean, there's probably that, 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 not that many people who would want to, I can imagine. But like, I think, um, I think overall, if you're trying to build more of a community in kink, and this is something that I do I advise everybody, is to really approach it. I keep saying the word community, so I apologize, but really to approach it that way as a community of real people. And a lot of times when new people approach me who have just made a profile and it's very clear that they're just kind of treating it as a very casual, like like the way you might on a dating app or kind of a hookup thing, I always sort of say, don't do that. You know, if you're really trying to meet people um, for kind of quality experiences, you have to treat this as a community. You go to munches, you go to events, um, you plug yourself into other people who are like-minded. You know, you say, I want to be a, a person who incorporates kink into my life. So not just like a one-off, one-night stand, hookup, wherever, um, but something that I'm serious about. And then you really try to build the friendships and the play, because everybody wants to play. Everybody wants to have a sexual experience. Mm-hmm. But the play comes with the community, right? People will trust you to include you in things because you're, they know you, right? Because you're part mm. of the community. So especially for young people, I'll say, find your local munch, you know, join some groups, talk to people like you're an actual human being and they're actual human beings, right? And, mm. and, and, you know, start that way. And then you will naturally find partners as you do that, rather than kind of casting around looking for like a quick sexual experience what you'll find if you do that, for the most part on FET, I think, if you're submissive looking for dominance, um, a male submissive looking for a female dominant, is you're going to find uh, professional doms, you're going to find um, fin doms, you're going to find online, you're going to find, and obviously some scams, like a lot of scams. Mm. And that's because there's a supply and demand issue. There's a lot of men looking to be dominated. There's not a lot of women who are authentically, you know, practicing lifestyle domination and so obviously the scammers or the people who are profiting financially have figured out that there is a supply and demand mismatch there's a desperation that they can take advantage of and so if you fall into that trap of just kind of like i'm desperate i'm horny and i just want to do this as fast as possible you're just going to fall into into the trap of that right of Mm. the people who are there to, to be predators um on someone like you If you sort of are more patient and you say, I'm actually looking to build a community around myself, I'm looking to get to know other kinksters, I'm looking to explore the things that turn me on, you know, is it impact, is it bondage, you know, is it like, what are the things that excite me? There are obviously events that you can attend, right? There's parties, there's all kinds of events, you know, from very large events, you know, kind of clubs and dungeons, you know, to kind of smaller scale stuff and and, and also kind of non-sexual, you know, munches and get-togethers and that, I think, is the way that you do it, right? Is you sort of, you make yourself a real person um, mm. who connects with other real people. And over time, you will find the partners and the experiences will then be authentic and higher quality. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's my general advice, I think, to anybody who's sort of approaching this is the, the best way that we can use Fat Life. And I'm kind of a latecomer to Fat Life, as I said, for a lot of my years, it was sort of 
the things that predated. I wasn't sort of aware of FetLife, and so it was things that were kind of on other platforms. Mm. But the beauty of FetLife, I think, is that it can be treated that way, sort of a community of like-minded people, um, more so than, you know, an app um, that is not a, you know, where you don't have like a home base of your own kind of profile account i think of it as like a, like a facebook right mm-hmm. uh, like in the early days of facebook right you kind of build your own home base and people come and visit it and so you can put a lot of information out about yourself which is really different than a dating app where somebody just cl- you know, swipes left or right you know very quickly on some very you know minimal things mm-hmm. um i think that, that that's what you should do uh, you know you, you kind of create your persona and then you try to you know match with other people and and really get to know other people who are similarly minded and I think the play that you want will come with that, you know, naturally. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much, uh, Domina. Uh, <laughs> and thank you so much for sharing your time and, and, and your knowledge. And I can't wait to see, you know, what you come up with next with one of your amazing themed parties. Yeah, thank you. Um, actually, I'll tell you the preview for the next one. after. Oh, the, please. The Glory Hill Game Show. The next one in the summertime is going to be a Kama Sutra night. And so oh my gosh. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to get a nice copy of the Kama Sutra illustrated with all the pictures. And then we're going to put, we're going to number the pictures and we're going to put uh, all the numbers in a big glass bowl. And so you'll pull out a number and then you have to act out the, the scene or the act out the position, um, <laughs> you know, with, with, with your, with your partners that I've matched you with. And we can kind of watch each other do that. And then, and that's actually, like I said, the circus, the Coliseum, this glory hole game night. And then um, the, the, the Kama Sutra, it starts out with this kind of group activity where we watch each other and mm-hmm. enjoy, enjoy that, um, the kind of theatrics of it. And then obviously mm. people go off and play on their own, you know, with, with their groups. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's the way I like again, and even that you can hear like it's like the, the front part of it is the community part. And then the play, you go and you do your, your play privately, right, the way you want to. Mm. But the community part is important. It's like a breaking the ice, it's observing each other. We um a couple of, I guess in December, we did a smaller event. Um, and I probably am, you know, it was maybe one event too many, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> but we did a smaller event um, that was impact oriented. Mm-hmm. And so it was, you know, like w- women for the most part who wanted heavy impact. And so we had this this front part of the the night where everybody was watching the, the impact and then people went off and played afterwards. So mm. there's always an element of kind of coming together, watching something, being a community, cheering each other on, being excited for each other, being turned on by one another, mm-hmm. um, supporting each other in what you're trying to do, and then kind of going off and obviously enjoying yourself as well, right? So that's how I, I think of my events rather than just kind of walking in where it's just an orgy or people kind of walking around looking for pickup play. Yeah. I think about it as like you, you're... You come in knowing who you're matched with, you know Mm. what your role is, you know, everybody's there to kind of cheer you on and support you. You're there to support them. It's like, you know, that's how I want it to look. And that's how I built it. That is so cool. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And thanks for coming to the sanctuary today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to to hearing the final cut of this. (laughs) 